Can we honor Joe, our praise and worship leader tonight? Come on, make some noise. It's hard doing this Sundays. Thank you. Woo. I feel good tonight. Amen. Y'all don't got nowhere to go, do you? We're good to be here for a little bit. That's okay. Good, because I got a lot to say tonight. I already ate my dinner, so we're good. We're good. I'm not even hungry. Amen. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter, chapter, let's go to chapter 8. Let me blow these words up real good where I can see good, you know, because I went to the eye doctor today, and the doctor was like, wow. <laughs> you know you're in trouble when the doctor says, Wow. I want to title this message, Distractions to Discipleship. And I want to talk about distractions tonight. It's crazy. Because in the middle of our worship, the enemy's trying to distract us from worshiping tonight. These lights, we've got some new technology that we're trying, and all of a sudden they got a mind of their own tonight. And, and it's easy for our worship to be distracted but why I want to honor Joe is because he pushed on through worship, regardless of the distraction. One day Jesus was talking to, uh, he was talking to many, but he was teaching a parable. Jesus taught in parables many times to explain the gospel to people that just could not get it, maybe in other terms. In fact, one group that he was talking to, the group that he was talking to in this passage of scripture was a a group that understood agriculture. And he was, he was what Paul said, we become all things to all men so that we could win them. We spoke in ways, so if Jesus was speaking to a group of, let's say a group of people in the oil field, he would take oil field technology and oil field lingo and he would explain the gospel through oil field technology. This is how I know you can preach the gospel no matter what field you're in. Say amen tonight. Amen. So Jesus was preaching and he was telling the parable of a sower. He was talking about a farmer who planted seed. So he was talking to an agricultural group that understood this concept. He wasn't talking to city people. He was talking to people who understood what it took. And he was telling, he said, there was a, a man, a sower who sowed seed. He scattered seed on the ground and I'm going to paraphrase through it. But, but some fell on a path where people walked. And some of the, fee, the, the seed fell on a, 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 a rocky ground. So some of the seed that fell on the path, you know, it didn't, it didn't get planted because the birds could come and eat the seed off the ground. And then he said some of the seed fell on rocky ground, and, and even though it, it, may have, it may have taken a little bit, it dried up really quick because it had no water. There was no sustenance. There was no, this wasn't good soil. And then he talked about other seed that fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and crouched, choked out these plants, right? And then Jesus finally said, still another seed or other seed fell on, everybody say it with me, good soil. Say it again, good soil. And it grew up and it produced a harvest. One of the disciples were saying, Jesus, what does this mean? Hello, you got to explain it to us. And he, he broke it on down in verse, uh, verse 11. My Jesus breaks it on down when we need to get it broke down. Amen. I don't know what version you read, but sometimes I need to read it in the kindergarten version. Hello, because I need to understand it. Power, this, this word is powerful, but it ain't nothing if you don't understand what you're reading. 
This is, if you don't know how to use it, you don't know what it's saying, it's just a dusty book that's going to collect dust on your coffee table. If you, this is a mini message in a message. Get you a Bible that you can understand, that you can read. Amen. But he, he breaks it on down and he says, here is what the story means. He said, the seed is God's message. Follow with me tonight. The seed on the path stands for God's message in the heart of those who hear, listen to me, but when the devil comes, he takes away the message from their heart. Okay? He said, and he does it so they won't believe, and then they can't be saved. Verse 13, then the seed that's on rocky ground, uh, this stands for those who hear the message of God, and they receive it on Sunday, but they have no roots. So they believe for a little while, but then Monday comes around. Or heck, you might not even get out of the parking lot, and then the devil comes around. Someone cuts you off on the, at the red light, or you don't get your table on time at the restaurant. Or they mess up your order, and then you, are, you just got out of church, and you're already acting like a devil in the restaurant. That ain't my message, but anyway, you know what I mean. They believe for a while, but when they're tested, they fall away from the faith. But I want you to look at this third group. He said in verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns. Everybody say, among thorns. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear the message. I'm coming for you tonight. Listen up. But as they go on their merry way... Those seeds are choked out by life's worries, by riches and pleasures, and so do they do not reach their full potential, the seed is distracted. And then the soil, you know, is good soil, and Jesus goes on to say, produces a crop. They remain faithful and produce a good crop. Why I want to talk about distraction tonight is distraction is the enemy of discipleship. If you don't know this, distraction, distraction is the enemy of discipleship. You want to do what God wants you to do, but you cannot do it if you are distracted and the seed is getting choked out by life's worries, am I preaching to anybody? Amen. By your relationship status, by your financial uh, abundance or lack thereof, all of these worries, all of these stresses, all of these things uh, 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 distract us from being the disciple that God called us to be. Now, one of the things that Hope Alive Church wants to do is we don't want to just be people who hear about God. I don't want to be a church. I don't want to, pa I don't want to pastor you. If you're just going to be one of these casual Christians that just wants, wants to come in and get your quick little Jesus bump in the arm like, like we're just making it from paycheck to paycheck. Let me tell you something. Jesus died too real of a death on the cross for us to live from Sunday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Sunday, Sunday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Sunday. 
And I realize that we say, I can't wait to get back in the presence of God. But let me tell you something. He died on the cross for you to have an overflow of his presence, an overflow of his goodness, an overflow of his mercy. And we're not just waiting for the next little Bible bump to get us through the day. We are living in an overflow that Jesus provided for us in order to do, to live in that. We cannot be distracted. We are living in a world of distractions. We are living in a world that is so distracted, they don't know whether they're coming or going, whether they're up or down, whether they're male or female. Oh, help me, somebody. We don't know if we're rich or poor. We don't know if we're broke. We don't know if we're happy or sad. We don't know if we're crazy or sane. We're so distracted by this world who has no hope that Jesus went to the cross, died, rose again three days later to give us living hope. We don't have to. I told the people in our new guest reception tonight, we do not believe in being hopeless. Pastor Cliff, I'm just so hopeless. I don't think anything's ever going to work out. When Jesus got out of the grave, it proved to us because he's our king, we don't live hopeless. We don't live hopeless. So every day, life is full of opportunities to do God's will. But every day, life is full of distractions to miss God's will. We can legitimate... Oh, oh excuse me just a second. Can I get this? Hello? Yeah. I'm, I'm doing something right now. <clears throat> yeah, no, just paint. Paint the wall, yeah. You did what? Oh, okay. Listen, I'm gonna have to call you back. Yeah, I'm gonna have to call you. I'm doing something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. Okay. So, what I was trying to say is every day, life is full of opportunities to do God. Oh, Y'all mind, can I get this? Is it okay? Y'all don't got nowhere to be, right? Everybody's good? Oh, hold on just a second. Hello? I told you not to call me at work. <laughs> call your mom. She's sitting over there. She ain't doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm doing something. Get, it's in the refrigerator. Yeah. Okay. You got new chonies in the drawer. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, I, I, I got to go by. Every day we can either make a determination to do God's will or we can be determined to be distracted in a world where we are willed to do God's will. Because listen, the world is calling but we make the choice whether we pick up the phone and answer it or we let the world just keep on calling and we continue. How funny would it be if every time my phone rang, I picked it up in front of what God has called me to do here tonight. 
How crazy would it be if I put my calling on hold and made you sit around and you just wait on me to determine whether I was either going to be distracted by what was in front of me or I was going to turn off the distraction and keep my faith focused forward looking ahead. It's funny, but the truth of the matter is that is what we Christians look like in this world right now. We are in front of the world with all the answers, but we are distracted every time something calls us away from what we are called. Let me tell you something, whether you believe this or not, Jesus not only has called you, but he is calling you. He has called you to an assignment, and you don't need to be distracted by anybody, anything, any, any, any person's opinion over your life. The reason why I did that is because the truth of the matter is we miss opportunities to do God's will because we're always reaching and becoming distracted. And the truth of the matter, the truth, the real truth is no wonder we are not effective as parents. No wonder we are not effective as praisers. No wonder people say, Pastor Cliff, my prayers are not getting answered because every time the Lord assigns you something, you're distracted by something else. I'm, I'm coming for your lunch on Wednesday night tonight, seriously. What is distracting you? Is it your phone? Is it other people's opinion? Is it comparison? A lot of people, they're, comparison, they're comparing themselves to society. And to make sure they look right and look the part and everything is put together and they're distracted. The mirror they should be looking in is the word of God, but they're staring at their insufficiencies. Any distraction that keeps us from maturing in our faith needs to be dismissed. Any distraction that keeps us from walking in proximity and in, 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 in uh, uh, closeness and in relationship with Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pastor you good tonight, needs to be eradicated and dismissed because what is separating you from where God wants you to be and where you are today, it's not the lack of power in God. It's not the lack of power in you. It's the power that distracts have over your life, keeping your attention, keeping wearing you out, uh, uh, pulling all your energy into things and the people that are not walking in the same direction as you. If you are going to grow as a disciple, if you're going to grow as a child of God, it will come as the result of you staying focused, staying planted in his word, and keeping your eye, keeping your effort, keeping your, your uh, uh, passion and your drive and your focus on what he has called you to do, not what other people are trying. People are trying to pull you into their drama. They're trying to pull you into to their trauma they're trying to pull you into their addiction they're trying to pull you into their world of misery because how many of you know misery loves company but I want to know if there's anybody in the house of God that is ready to separate themselves from anything that distracts you from what God has called you to do and be if you're going to be a seed that is planted 
You cannot be choked out by life's affairs. I'm not here to preach about money because money is not evil. Money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. But sometimes we will allow that love to distract us. We'll, too be, we'll too be too busy chasing the bag that we're not chasing the heart of God anymore. We're chasing overtime and status instead of chasing his timing and our status in heaven, regardless of what our social status here on earth is. And I don't care if you got $1,000 or $100,000 in your savings account, the ability to, to be persuaded by riches, by fame, by notoriety, by position, by elevation, it tries to attack us all. And if we are not careful, the seed that has been planted inside of us will be choked out because we're distracted on things this is what I tell myself does this matter in the light of eternity because one of these days I'm going to heaven I ain't taking nothing with hopefully I got some clothes on but if but if I I ain't taking nothing there ain't no U-Haul trailers there ain't no gooseneck trailers going to heaven with all your stuff one of these days my mansion is waiting for me over there I don't care what I've got here on earth Side note, I believe God wants you to prosper on earth as it is in heaven. But what I'm trying to tell you is nothing should distract you from being what he called you to be. If you believe he's got a calling on your life, why don't you take 30 seconds and just praise the Lord for the calling that is on the inside of you. You, you, you have purpose. You have a calling. You have an assignment. The book of James chapter 1 says this, Therefore lay aside all filthiness. James chapter 1 verse 21, Lay aside all filthiness. Lay aside uh, uh, the overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness. Remember that is strength that is constrained. That is, that is strength. That, that I, could, I could tear something up, but I'm held, I'm held back. The implanted word, engrafted word is what the King James Version says, which is able to save your soul. The truth of the matter is this world is not going to heaven. This world is going to hell every single day. And if you are going to have your soul saved, you cannot afford to have the seed of God's message choked out by life's affairs, by distractions and wiles and plans and fiery darts of the enemy. Look what it says in verse 22. Be doers of the word. Not hearers only because if you're just going to come to church and hear the word and then walk out and do something different, the Bible says you have deceived yourself. You have lied to yourself. You've tricked yourself. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself, goes away, forgets what the kind of man he was, but he looks into, but if he looks into the perfect law of liberty, he continues in it. It says, and is not forgetful, hearer but a doer of the word. Look what it says. This one, this woman. This man will be blessed in everything that they do. So my question to you tonight is, 
What kind of soil are you? Are you the soil that is that the, the word can easily be picked up out of him? You just get out of church and it's already being picked apart. Are you the soil that though you though it may come in once once a little bit, I am surprised how many people shout for joy, run the aisle, scream and shout on Sunday, but have no hope on Monday. You know why that is? Because they are rocky soil. There is no depth, there is no discipleship, there is no growth. They've looked at looked at the Bible and said, That's a cute scripture. We can paint on the wall at the house, and that'll be a decoration, but they do not do what the scripture says. They're hearers only not doers are you the type of soil that allows other things to grow like the thorns and the weeds to grow alongside I'm surprised how many Christians uh, 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 they want to have one foot in the world meaning they, they find their peace in the bottom of glass bottles they find their peace in the bottom of pill pop pill bottles Maybe they find their peace in, in, in uh, uh, zodiac signs and other things like that when Jesus gave us every single one of the answers to those problems here. What I'm saying is these people are, are living on the line. They're in just enough over here to say I'm in just enough, but then they don't want to lose over here. And, and I'm, I'm coming home to your living room tonight. Some of you need to let some relationships that you've been keeping on life support, you need to let them go on to glory and die. Because those people are just trying to pull you into a world that you prayed your way out of. They're trying to pull you into a lifestyle that you said, God, deliver me, deliver me from the hands of my enemy. But you still sign up to go hang out with them on Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday after church. And all of a sudden, the seed that was planted on the inside of you is being choked out by the thorns that you are allowing to live in the soil of your heart. And you are distracted from your discipleship because the death sentence of the distraction seems to overwhelm you and seems to seem more lucrative or will you be the kind of soil that not only produces a result but what Jesus said a, a 30 60 and a hundred fold crop you not only reproduced you you brought a bountiful blessing upon your home you get to decide what kind of soil are you are you the path? Are you the rocky soil? See, because if you're a distractible soil, you've made room for other things to grow. If you're a distractible soil, you're a soil that has energy to grow other things while you're trying to grow discipleship. And that is this soil. This, this, this whole parable, I believe, is about other things, but, that, but I, I, I kind of just took out and, 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 and uh, what am I trying to say, pulled out of this text the understanding that, that there is a soil, there is a soil that allows thorns to thrive as well as the seed. But what happens is the thorns choke out the seeds, the few seeds that do grow. They develop into tender plants. But they're soon suffocated by other worries and life's affairs. 
You get to decide tonight if you are going to live your life as a, a, a soil that when Pastor Cliff or, or Pastor Andy or somebody preaches the word, that the seed that is being planted actually produces something. Or you go, let me tell you what they say the definition of insanity is. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I'm a pastor, you're real good. You could probably do something else better with your time than come to God and just play the motions and act like you're doing something and then walk out of here unchanged, undelivered, unfazed. There's some of you right now that are listening to me saying that boy Ed preacher don't know nothing about my friends and my and what I do on the weekend. He needs to shut up. He needs to quit judging me. It ain't me judging you. It's the Holy Spirit convicting your heart, trying to tell you, hey, 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 hey. He's talking to you. Hey, listen to me, mom. He's talking to you. Hey, listen to me, business owner. You want your business to be blessed? Quit doing business the way the world does business. Start doing commerce the way the Lord does commerce. Start doing the way he says to give and it'll be given to you. To sow and you will reap. To, to, to extend out. That is who we are called to be. Uncultivatable disciples cannot grow to their full potential in God. If your soil is unable to be cultivated to where the, the gardener, you remember the vine dresser, John said. He said, I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. You remember this? And in those who bear what? Bear fruit. But those that don't bear fruit, those that allow distractions to thrive in their life simply because they don't have the, the spiritual authority over their life to take control of it. He says, I cut those branches off. They're not going to bear any fruit. They are, no, they are no good to the tree. Now, I wouldn't be your pastor if I didn't talk to you straight. Straight up. If you are in this world and you're deciding to live uh, some type of gray lifestyle, not, not fully committed, but not, not you know, I, I, wanna, I, I grew up in church. I want to keep my roots in God, but I'm not going to sell out to him. We are living in a time where you cannot afford to have one foot in the world and one foot out. We are living in a time where your children need to see parents who are sold out, who know their, their help, know where their help comes from. It doesn't come from pills. It doesn't come from, from uh, 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 chemicals. It comes from prayer. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we overcome. You got to cut the thorns away. You got to cut the thorns back. These thorns are distractions. Everybody say distractions. I was talking to a, a newlywed couple. And they said to me, they said, uh, and, and I made the mistake too. And, and uh, I'm just going to be straightforward with you. Oh, we love each other. They were talking, we love each other. Nothing's ever going to come between us. And all the married people know exactly what I'm talking about. But you know what? She spoke up, this bride. She said, I'm tired of people cursing me like that. She said, I'm tired of people saying it's going to happen this way and it's going to happen that way. Don't we believe that God can keep us from that? 
And so she began to stand up to those people around her and say, Not maybe you might be right of what happened in your life, but I just choose to be different. And she began to cut the thorns, the distractions of other people's marital problems and cut them out of the circumference and cut them out of the space for her marriage to grow. Let me tell you what I learned in that scenario was maybe the truth is if, you, if you've been around the block, you know that, that being in relationship is tough and things like, but I was so blessed by the faith of this young woman who just chose to believe something different. That reminds me of people who are not afraid to cut off relationships. They're not afraid to cut off conversations. They're not afraid to cut off uh, friendships that, that, that tend to try to choke out the life that is being birthed inside of a new relationship. It reminds me of business, people who, who start their business and they say, I don't want to go down the path of, of borrowing. I don't want to go down the path. And they say, well, you got to get into debt to make money. Uh, uh, I've, been in a biz I've been a business owner and, and there's been times I did go into debt, but I found a way because I trusted in the Lord to believe on him to provide. And I may not start it up here, but when I started, God's blessing was upon it. We can cut off the thorns. Hello, somebody. We can cut off the thorns because some people, like that newlywed said to me, some people want to just remain trapped in their misery. Some people want to remain trapped in, in their story. And, and, and older married people would say, honey, you just, you just don't understand. But I believe that, that, that I, I, was, I was impressed by this young woman's faith because she began to say, in my house, we're just going to do something different. And they did, she didn't have the filter of pain. What if Christians didn't have the filter of rejection and they just accepted everything the cross provided for us? What if we as believers, what if we worship God unfiltered? I could care less if anybody thinks I'm crazy. I could care less if anybody thinks I'm wild, I'm nuts. Uh, I, I see these, these beautiful women and, and even sometimes some men that will come to the altar and praise in the altar. And, and I heard somebody say, they're doing a little too much. That's just a little bit too much. You don't know their story and what they've been through to get to where they are today. So you know what I'm going to say? Let them dance until they get the victory. Let them dance until they get their breakthrough. It might serve a few of you a little good to get out and dance before the Lord as well. You don't know my story, so don't judge my praise. What if we just worship the Lord unbothered, unfiltered? What if we had so much faith to not be distracted by other people's opinions? See, the truth of the matter is, the reason why a lot of us don't get into doing what God has called us to do, we're too worried about what other people will think of us. We're too worried. See, I pastor in a town where I grew up, and a lot of people know my business. They know my faults, and, and if I always was looking around my shoulder wondering if they were going to judge me for this, I've just decided, listen, you might, could, you might could know my whole story. I really don't care. I've been called to my city. I've been called to do a job. What if people in this room would just do the same? What if some of the men in this room could care less what other, pe other men thought you were? were? 
What if some men in this room decided to lead your young boys in knowing how to be worshipers instead of, instead of always sneaking around behind the, hell, the house with a cooler when things got tough? I told y'all I was coming for you tonight. Sneaking around the other side of the house and, and we'll just drink our problems away. What if they saw daddy in the middle of the battle come to the altar and say, it's your breath in my lungs. I'm going to pour out my praise on you. I'm just talking to you tonight, but I really am trying to tell you that if you're going to survive and be undistracted in a world of distractions, you're going to have to trim back. I wrote this down, but I want you to see it. John chapter 15, 7 and 8 says, If you remain in me, if you stay grafted like in me, you stay undistracted. John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8, you just stay undistracted. Ask whatever you wish. These are Jesus' words, okay? So you want to you question something, you have to talk to him. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, and then when you bear fruit, it shows what I tell you, that you are my disciples. So if you're going to succeed and you're going to thrive and the seed that you get at church is going to grow, it's going to grow from you being grafted in and abiding and being planted in God because Jesus abides in a life that abides in Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Jesus abides in a life that abides in Jesus. If you are going to expect God to be in control of your life, you're going to have to be planted, unable to be choked out, unable to be distracted. Let me go a little further and say joy abides in a life that abides in Jesus. Peace abides in a life that abides in Jesus. Love abides in a life that abides in Jesus. So when we trust in Jesus to be the author, and the finish of our faith it, it suffocates the distraction his, his, uh, his word will suffocate the, the distractions the attacks of the enemy that he tries to launch over you say amen tonight amen. so I got three things I want to give you I know I'm preaching a little long but y'all said you ain't got nowhere to go so uh, just hang on tight obviously obviously in order to be undistracted, you need to be in his word, okay? So this is not one of my points. If you're a child of God, quit looking for an opportunity to skip being in your Bible. Because a child of God is hungry for the word that comes out of here. Or repent and rededicate your life to God and try again. And keep on trying until you get hungry for his word. Until you cannot get enough of his word. I used to hear that preach and I used to thought to myself, I'm not hungry to read that Bible. I'm going to say it. Y'all thought it, but I'm going to say it. I'm oftentimes not hungry to read that Bible. Until I started going through real life situations. Until I started having real life pressure and real life uh, attacks from the enemy. And then I looked in the word to find my next answer. Let me just let me just pass you a little further. If you know your next answer and you don't got to look in the word because you figured it out, there, there is a high likelihood you are Lord of your life and he is not. So we need to be in our Bible. We need to be in prayer. God gave me a word for the month of July that we're supposed to increase and strengthen our personal prayer lives. You cannot be a Christian and not be in prayer. You need to be in worship. Everybody say worship. 
Now, there's good things that come when we worship together, but I'm telling you, this is not enough. You ought to be able to find a place to worship God, even if it's in your shower with a, a, a worship song being played. Maybe it's nothing being played. Can you lift your... When is the last time there was no band, there was no worship leader, there was no Joe and them, there was none of them, and, and you just lifted your hands and you said, God, I thank you so much for what you're doing for me. I love you. I praise you. That'll take your worship life to a new level. But I'm going to give you three things. I want you to write them down really quickly. Number one, in order to remove the distractions to discipleship, you need to eliminate. Everybody say eliminate. All dependency on influence and resources that are contrary to our values of faith. I, I don't believe that drinking sends you to hell. I believe drunkenness is a sin. Drunkenness is a sin. And I believe being dependent on a drink to give you some peace and just, just knock the edge off of life is a dependency on something other than what God gave you the answer for. I don't believe that it's a sin when you got a headache to take a Tylenol. I believe it's, it, it becomes a dependency issue whenever you got to have a Tylenol, you got to have a sleeping pill, you got to have this to get through life. You mean to tell me God went to the cross for cancer, leukemia, diabetes, but he can't heal your sleeping disorder? The Bible gives clear understanding of what that is. You need to, in order to not be distracted, you need to eliminate finding relief in your best friend. Or talking, you got to talk to your mom or your dad in order to get things straight. There's nothing wrong with your, your relationships. He gives you relationships for a reason. But if he says to go to him, somebody said uh, one time, they said, uh, I, just, I just need my kids. If I can just have my kids around me, everything will be. If your kids are your king, then Jesus is not your king. Well, Pastor Cliff, I got to make sure that my, my bank account every morning, I got to check. First thing I do is check my bank account, just eases my nerves. Where's the faith in that? Where's the faith in that? First John gives us some instruction. Y'all still with me tonight? Says, do not love the world nor things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So if you love talking to your BFF more than you talk to God, the Bible says the love of God is not in you. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but of the world. The book of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says no one can serve two masters. No one. You cannot have two gods. You will either hate, you will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot, deserve, uh, cannot serve God and wealth is what this is talking about, but you cannot serve God and people's approval. You cannot serve God and your political party. You cannot serve God and your personal wealth building agenda. You have to devote yourself because a divided heart is a powerful distraction. A powerful distraction is a divided heart. Worldly influences, let me tell you this, they're subtle. Nobody, nobody says, I just can't wake up to, wait to wake up today and become an alcoholic today. I want to do it. I'm ready. Who needs a liver? I'm ready. 
And if you have said that, there's hope for you. And I'm not playing. But I will tell you that being an alcoholic starts with a drink at a time. Being a drug addict starts with somebody saying, just try it. Being someone who is, who is lost in comparison to other people just starts with one conversation. Girl, did you hear about? Or did you hear what's going on with them? Before you know it, you're wrapped up in other people's drama. And you're locked up. And you can't find joy because you're too busy comparing your love to their love. You're comparing your marriage to their marriage. And that's how distraction starts with these subtle movements because we have been desensitized to, to being okay to just disappoint the Father. That's how these distractions come. Think about what you're watching on television. Now, I grew up around some preaching, not necessarily my dad, but in that generation of preachers where you, I mean, you watched anything on television. There, there was sin in that. You were opening up, and I still believe it to be true. You can open yourself up to the devil just from watching. We don't watch horror films in my house. Number one, I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. I have to sleep with all the lights on. Look like 3 o'clock in the afternoon in the house. But let me tell you something. Why in the world would we want to teach our kids that demons are coming out of the floor? Why don't we put on movies where Christians take authority over demons and say we have the power? But then we wonder why we, wonder why we don't have power. What are we listening to? Now, I, I don't listen to Christian music all the time. Sometimes I got to listen to some key sweat. Sometimes I got to listen to a little Morgan Wallen over here, maybe a little Chris Stapleton. Y'all would be really uh, shocked at my playlist because I can go from Intocable to uh, Morgan Wallen to, to Key Sweat. To, I mean, I could do, I run the gamut. But I find that when I am down in my flesh, those songs sing a little louder. And I have to remind myself I cannot take love advice from Usher. R. Kelly said, my mind's telling me no. <laughs> but my body. You see what I'm saying? Some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, Who's that? Who is that? I'm preaching good. What I'm trying to say is the enemy will use some of those things at the right time to tell you things to distract you. I don't listen to worship music all the time. I just don't. Y'all could judge me if you want to, but I don't. But if I am open, if I've opened my door to those things enough, they will come in and they'll rob us of our peace. It's the same thing with some of the friends we keep. How in the world are we ever going to stay focused? We got one friend telling us to, to pray and fight that out, fight for your marriage. And you got one friend saying, he's a bum. You should have left him 15 years ago. That's not my message, but you understand what I'm saying. You got to eliminate those distractions and those influences. I got some devotional reading. Take your phone out. Take a picture of this next slide. Devotional reading. These scriptures they're going to put up there. Go ahead. They're going to put them scriptures up there. They support what I've just told you. You need to go back and read these. These will tell you that you need to eliminate these resources. Say amen tonight. Number two, 
It's important that you be submitted to the accountability of serving with a local body of believers. I told you I was stepping on toes tonight. If you think that being a Lone Ranger Christian is okay, that you don't need to do nothing, you don't need to say nothing, I want to tell you that there is plenty of Scripture, including Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast, look what it says, to the confession of our hope without wavering, undistracted. When we waver, we, we get distracted without wavering. For he who promises faithful, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our church gatherings together. Don't you ever let anybody tell you you don't got to go to church. I, I firmly believe you can go to, go to heaven uh, if you never enter the, uh, you know, you pray a prayer and for some reason you don't make it through a church door, I believe God will receive you. But I'm telling you, if you are going to live life as a disciple, if that's not your story, you need to be connected to a real live body of believers that's going to help you, keep you accountable, keep you focused, keep you on track. And how do you stay connected? You serve the vision of that house. Now, I believe Tina Gillahan is here and some others who God's given great vision for them to serve. Now, they come to church here and don't serve somewhere necessarily, which that's not her heart. She'll serve anywhere. But God gives you a vision or he gives you two a vision. Either he's given you assignment to go and do in the community and be what he's called you to be specifically, or he's assigned you to Hope Alive Church and its vision. But if you are going to be undistracted in a distracted world, it's important that you follow the Acts 2 model. What is the Acts 2 model? There was 120 gathered together and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And they were in one mind, one accord, undistracted. There's power in unity and being connected to vision and purpose. For sake of time, I won't, I'll spare you, but I'm going to give you some more devotional reading. Take out your phone. For this, for this point, being connected to a local body of believers, go back and read these passages of Scripture if you will because they support everything that I just told you. I don't got time to read them all. So I just decided to put them out here and y'all go read them. And then third thing, I'm closing with this. For you to remain undistracted as a disciple... You need to identify and clarify your life's mission and pursue it with passion. When I meet with couples that they want to get married, I tell them, I tell them that, that there is a reason God brought them together. And I ask them, what is that reason? Well, we just supposed to pay bills and split the rent and make babies? No, doofus. He created Adam and he gave him everything he needed. And he still saw Adam not good to be alone. So he brought a helper for them to fulfill vision. That was the original purpose. As you're praying for a spouse, maybe you're here today and you're married, uh, but, but maybe you're single, you're praying for, pray for a spouse that you can, you can unite in vision. Not that they just got a cute butt. Ask God to give you somebody that's got purpose and passion for their life. 
that want to do something for the kingdom of God and quit being a victim to society and a a statistic in society. You need you. Everybody say me. You need to know your life's mission. Because if you are focused on your mission, the devil's plans and distraction are weak and powerless. Because when your eyes are fixed on the author and the finisher, your eyes are fixed on the finish line. The enemy tries to throw a a blinking light. Someone that's wandering around with no purpose. Oh, they'll stop at every little thing that calls their name. But somebody that says, I'm too busy to deal with that right now. Uh Uh-uh, no, 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 I don't got time for that. God brought me out of too much mud to go hang out with people who just love the mud. I'm not better than them. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm not saying you're better than them. Don't you dare walk out of here and say, Pastor Cliff said I could just tell all my friends I'm better than you. You're going straight to hell. That is not what I said. What I said was if your light ain't changing their darkness, their darkness is changing your light. Light and darkness, one is weak and one is strong. That's the end of the story. Someone that has a a, a passion and a goal. And let me tell you about God. He'll throw your plans on its head. If you'd have told me five years ago that I would have went through what I went through to be standing in front of you today, I'd have called you a false prophet and seen if I could find some people to stone you. Simply because I'd say you're a, you're a false prophet. There's no way. But thank God he flipped my plans on its head because my passion for him, listen, we can't be distracted in a distracted world. If you are going to be what God's called you to be, you're going to have to do what Colossians says. In verse 1, chapter 1, we proclaim him. And Paul was saying, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all the wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. And look what Paul said, for this purpose I labor. What is the purpose that you labor? Paul knew his mission. He knew his, he knew his purpose. Let me tell you something. God wants to do as much through you as he did through Paul. The difference is we are not sure about our purpose. He said, for this labor, for this purpose, I labor. My question is, Paul knew his purpose. Do you know? Do you? Pastor Cliff, I I thought it was supposed to just come to church. That's it. Let me tell you something. For your own good. The heavenly kingdom blessing that is assigned to your life will not come until you are in full step with his will for your life. He won't bless your shenanigans. He's not going to bless your chaos. He's not going to bless your drama. He's going to bless you when you submit to his plan for your life and you walk in step with that. Why are you running? This isn't even my message, but I I feel the Holy Spirit (laughs) telling me to tell somebody tonight, you're running. 
You're running thinking you can outrun God. Ask Jonah. He'll meet you where he finds you. Ask everybody else that tried to outrun the calling and the passion and the purpose for their life. You don't get very far. If you're going to be undistracted in a distracted world, you're going to have to do what I said. You're going to have to identify and clarify your life. Not my mission. My mission is not for you. My mission is for, for me. What is your mission? What is your purpose? I've got some devotional reading for that too. I want you to go and read these scriptures that are about your life, your identity, and your purpose. Stand with me all over the room. So here's the question of the night. I want our prayer team to come quickly. Look at me. I know there's moving parts, but don't be distracted. Listen, what are you going to do with the distractions in your life? Pastor Cliff, I'm hurt by church. They did me wrong. That's a distraction. Pastor Cliff, I was in an abuse, I was in an abusive situation. Now you're free. If you keep looking back, that's just going to just be a distraction. Pastor Cliff, you don't understand my medical condition. I understand your creator, though. And he didn't mess up when he made you. In order to be undistracted, let me say this. I'll, I'll, I'll say it one more time. You're going to have to start your day with a personal, holy place of mind. I'm going to make another kick here for personal prayer. If we don't start our days in the presence of God, we'll spend our days serving the priorities of this world. If we don't begin our days understanding that, that today the enemy wants to distract me from my purpose, we will spend our day checking off tasks and you'll completely forget about your destiny and your purpose. Pastor Cliff, that's impossible. Well, Jesus came to earth and he did the impossible right in front of us. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, he did it so that he could understand our weakness. He could understand what we go through. Everyone wanted a piece of Jesus. Pastor Cliff, I got bills, I got work, I got my boss, I got soccer, I got the kids, I got school, I got my husband, got to make this, got to... You are no different than you. Everybody wanted to pull on Jesus. And you know what he did one day? He said... I got to go because there'll be, a, there'll always be plenty of distractions, but I have a purpose. I have a mission and I have to move forward. Here's a, here's a word for somebody. I'm about to open these altars and pray with you. But if you'll learn to say no to the things that don't matter, you will have the privilege to say yes to the things that do matter. Some of you are saying yes to things that do not matter in the light of eternity. You're saying yes to things because that's what you should do. I think as a Christian, we don't have to should anything. That's a shameful word. That's an that's a obligatory word. I should be doing this. Take it out. Say no to the things that don't matter 
so that you can walk in step and do what, do what that word says. This person who is a hearer and a doer, they will be blessed in all that they do. Get out of your seat. We want to pray with you tonight. If you're, if you're battling distractions, come on. There's something about the name, the name of Jesus. You can't trust Him. I don't care how long it takes. The name of the Lord. We'll pray for everybody here. It's in your presence where I can find peace. The name of Jesus. He lives in me. He lives in me. There's something about your name. The name of Jesus. You can trust in the name of the Something about the name, the name of Jesus. You can trust in the name of the Lord. It's in your presence where I can find peace. The name of Falling in love, I'm falling in love, I'm falling in love with you, Jesus. I'm falling in love, I'm falling in love, I'm falling in love with you, Jesus.
our hands tonight Lord we make a commitment and we, we remind ourselves that we can we can live undistracted Lord we want to be your disciples we don't want to just be some people who found a, a cheap ticket to heaven this isn't a cheap ticket to heaven you paid it all you sold out you gave it all you withheld nothing for us so, Lord, this world needs some Christians, some believers, some disciples who are going to stay, stay focused on their calling. They're going to stay planted in your word, stay planted in your house, stay planted to their calling and their purpose so that we can be what you've called us to be. We love you tonight. Come on, let's take, let's take 60 seconds. Just lift your hands. Let's just say we love him tonight. Come on, lift your hands and just tell him you love him. Come on, I want you to just tell him you love him out of your own mouth. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Come on, sing a new song to him for just a moment. I know it's late. I know it's late, but we just sing a new song. Say, you're the way maker, Lord, for me. I didn't know how I was going to make it, but you made it way for me. Lord, when I didn't see hope at the end of the, the day, you are my hope and joy. You are my peace and comfort. Lord, you are my friend that sticks closer than a brother. Lord, this world has betrayed me, but you've never betrayed me, Jesus. Lord, you're the one that mends my broken heart. You're the one that brings peace to my shattered mind. Lord, when I struggle to keep my mouth closed, you're the one that helps me control my emotions and my words and my mind and my feelings and my heart. You give me strength, Jesus, to go again. You give me strength, Jesus, to get up out of my bed every day, God, and walk in my purpose, God. Lord, you give me strength to lead this church, God. You give me strength to lead my family, God. You give me strength to represent you, Lord. 
Lord, you give me strength to be your son. You give me strength to be a king. You give me strength to be what you call me to be, God. So I'll give you my best praise. I don't care if the lights are working right. I'll give you my best praise. I don't care if the sound is working right. I'll give you my best praise. 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 Lord, I'll give you my best praise. Lord, I'll give it to you, God. Lord, I'll give you my best praise, Jesus. Lord, I'll give you my praise out of the abundance of my heart. Lord, I'll give you my praise when everybody else is cursing your name. Lord, I'll give you my praise when this whole world is going to hell. Lord, I'll give you my best praise. I'll give you my best praise. The Spirit of the Lord is just hovering right over this room. I'm going to stay for just a one more minute. Your name. He's moving, he's moving, he's moving right now. Mm. There it is. That's what happens when people are undistracted in their worship right there. Give you my best praise, God. I don't mind waiting on the Lord. Don't mind waiting on the Lord. Don't mind waiting on the Lord. Lead me, guide me, direct me, God. Slow me down and speed me up, God. My eyes fixed on you, Jesus. You know the end from the beginning, God. You put breath in my body for a reason today, God. I don't want to waste it complaining and griping and asking questions, God. I want to I want to spend my breath praising you, Jesus. Oh, Sometimes I don't have words, I just say, oh, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord says right now to this room, there is so much on the other side of you deciding to quit caring what other people think. There is a worldwide reach on the other side of you deciding that you don't care who it separates you from or associates you with. You're going to follow God's plan for your life no matter what happens or where, where it takes you. I'm going to obey the Spirit of the Lord real quick. I promise you we're about to close. But what the Spirit of the Lord says to somebody, to, to some business owner... Everything beyond your wildest dreams is on the other side of you saying, I'm not, a, I'm not just here to be a business owner. I'm here to be a kingdom business 
uh, 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 evangelist, to be a marketplace evangelist, for me to use the platform that I've been given. Everything you can imagine is on the other side of your submission to him being in charge of your business plan, not you. For somebody's marriage right now, You, you, you've said these words, it's never going to get better than this. You said that these words, you said, I'll never, we're never going to, it's never going to be more than this. I might as well quit expecting everything that you can imagine is on the other side of you submitting your will to his and selling out completely undistracted undistracted how many of you are thankful for the word tonight amen come on let's thank him right now thank you for the word Martha come give us a few quick announcements before we close we actually just got a prayer request um, and we've been talking with this mom her name is Annette since October um, her little boy had COVID his name is Jojo um, he's not a little boy. Not a little boy? Oh, girl? Know, I know who he oh, is. Oh, amen. Sorry. Um, Jojo um, is going back into surgery tomorrow, or back being admitted into a hospital, Methodist Hospital Specialty and Transplant San Antonio. And they're asking for prayers for Jojo um, and that God would direct the doctors. And so, Can we pray yeah, right let's now? let's pray. Let's pray. I know yeah. that Jojo and Annette, even you know this, we know this battle's been going on for a while. Y'all know yeah. who we're talking about. So let's just pray right now. Is that okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, I know Annette's watching tonight. Yes. Lord, tonight we speak life. Bring that camera in. We speak life into that room right now. Yes. We say that you didn't create JoJo's body to suffer and to be deficit and deficient. You created this man for life. So, Lord, we pray right now over his body, over mom, over every doctor. Hear me, every doctor that touches his body. Lord, they surrender their knowledge to your guidance and to your leadership, God. You are Rafa, our healer. You are our deliverer. You are the one that restores. So restore his body now, even now. 845, July the 5th. We believe tonight things change for JoJo. Now we'll praise you like it's already done tonight in Jesus' name. Yeah. Well, man, as you focus your attention on God this week and, and forward, right? I'm so thankful for the word. Are y'all thankful for the word today? Thank you so much, Pastor Cliff. Just a few reminders, if you want to be baptized, sign up on our app. If you'd like to join us at the Aquatic Center for Sherwood, come to the back in the, in the foyer area. Come get your wristbands for you and your family. Man Alive meets July 15th at Walk-Ons. They're going to be at Walk-Ons Restaurant. Many things going on. We hope that you're a part of it. We love you. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you Sunday. Here to